welcome back to the Advent Calendar House, the only holiday podcast with battle damage action, as we celebrate 1985's He-Man and She-Ra, a Christmas special. I'm annoying flying wizard who never shows my face, even to those who trust me with their secret identity, Mike Westfall, and joining me on this crash course into this ice planet Earth are a pair of powerful guests. First... We have a monster with two heads, which never agree with each other, yet are somehow trusted to pilot a flying death ship, Brandon Medley. Hey, Brandon. Hello. And I could not possibly do an episode starring the Masters in the Universe without the man behind Mo Two Month, the most powerful man on the horror movie barbecue. It's Chad Young. Welcome back, Chad. I have the Christmas <laughs> power in me. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, when you told me that Chad was the other person on here, I felt really unprepared to talk Masters of the Universe. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? So am I. So, well, don't, don't worry because I, I'm, I'm sure there's stuff that I'm going to hear. Because uh, Mike always pulls out something interesting that I, even I don't know. So I'm, 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 I'm very, I'm really looking forward to this yeah. and really excited to uh, hear what you guys are bringing to the table. Well, when I watch the special, not to get too far ahead of ourselves here, I and this happens every time when I revisit it every few Christmases. This is probably not an every year watch for me, but I'm every other year watch, maybe. Um, I'm always surprised at how little I remember of Masters of the Universe. Mm-hmm. Because there's things happening in characters. I'm like, I don't remember who that is at all. Well, luckily, they kind of open by introducing everybody very unnaturally. They do the thing where... They kind of set up the scene, and you have uh, the the king and queen of Eternia there, and everybody's just kind of King Randor and Queen Marlena, Michael. Yeah, well, <laughs> oh my gosh, okay. you guys couldn't get Pixel Dan on here for me. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> look, all I did was jump in with a little tidbit that I always remember about this special. Mm-hmm. And then Mike was like, you're on, you know, yeah. I, didn't, I wasn't actually saying I wanted to be on it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but no, we get th- uh, we get this lovely bit of setup dialogue that establishes everybody's name, but very unnaturally. It's just like, want to help me with these decorations, Perfuma? Why, I love to, Peekaboo. All right. <laughs> no one talks to each other like that, especially not when decorating. Well, and they're decorating of, for what the twins' birthday party. They're decorating yeah. for the twins' birthday party, which is something I always forget because okay, I watched <laughs> He Man and have the He Man toys, and I know I was familiar with Shira, but especially watching this, like other than Shira, I don't know any of those Shira characters. <laughs> um, so I was I felt very lost. Like I was like, who's Pika Blue and all these. Uh, yeah. Well, those first 30 seconds are for us. Yes. <laughs> yes. And no, for parents, because they got to know, it's just like, oh, they got to set the record straight that these are all characters with names, and they all have action figures. That they you do. can buy <laughs> they with do. money. That you can buy for Christmas 1985. Yes. <laughs> That's true. The best part is, so many of those characters, <laughs> even like He-Man and She-Ra fans are just like, oh. Okay. <laughs> That's what I figured. Like, especially like in that final scene when there's so many non-speaking characters, I was like, I wonder how many oh. of these were ever ever spoken any episode. Like, 
I mean, some of them did, but you know, it wasn't that. It, they didn't. Re- they were very insignificant, and I'm sure we'll. I'm sure Mike has a list of all of the characters. I don't. Um, and we're not going to count them. <laughs> no, see, because I can't name them all like I can with the Muppets, so I'm just not even going to bother. What the Muppet? <laughs> but let's uh, let's get into a little bit of background here. This special aired in syndication in 1985. Now, Wikipedia says it premiered on Christmas Day itself. I don't have a clear memory of my watching this for the first time, but I remember seeing it on again, I think, Cartoon Network in the mid to late 90s, and then having memories of the basic plot of the thing with the kids being rescued by Orko from an avalanche. But do either of you have a clear memory of when you first saw this? Um, No. In 1985, I would have been too. So, okay. um, I was probably, I don't remember, wouldn't remember if I did see it, but I was surprised when looking on Wikipedia that I knew that the Masters of the Universe cartoon aired in syndication, but I was surprised that this special aired in syndication. I figured it would have been on a network or something. Um, it definitely has that network feel. Yeah. I mean, usually when something's titled a special, that means it came on primetime somewhere, you know? Um, I remember... And this was still the version I watched, but shortly after Amazon first introduced streaming video, whenever you had to buy the thing, mm-hmm. so like 2007 or 2008, okay. I bought this special on Amazon. Mm-hmm. That was even where I watched it today. Um, <laughs> and so I've watched it regularly or semi-regularly since then, so like the last 11 or 12 years. Um, and I know when I first saw it, like 10 or however many years ago, I had seen it before. At some point in childhood, I saw this, but I don't remember where. It was probably on, like, it said it was released on VHS. I didn't own it, but it was probably something I rented or got at the library or something. Okay. I definitely had a friend who had it on VHS for years. Chad, did you see this uh, on TV first or on a tape first? I I saw it on TV. I tend to remember, um, and I'm kind of cheating because I do have an original broadcast of it from the USA Network. I I don't remember if it was 1986 or 87, but I mean, uh, just like Brandon said, I would have been two in 85. So, you know, if I saw it in 85, I don't remember, but I I, I, I have to assume it was like 86 or 87 that I saw it. Um, I I do remember. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really remember Cartoon Network re-airing it in the '90s, um, but I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that it wasn't. But it might not have been Cartoon Network. It might have actually been USA. Now that you mention them, but. I didn't have cable or satellite until I was yeah. 18. But I do remember when I used to go on vacation, or even to my grandparents' house that had it. USA <laughs> up until well into the '90s, still regularly showing the cartoon every afternoon. Okay, but, yeah. And Saturday mornings, and they would even like that cartoon. Train. Yeah, because they would even do the, the Cartoon, cartoon Express. Express. Yeah, yep. Cartoon Express. There um, we go. And they would even like show like He Man, I think, on the little uh, because they would they would they would do kind of the um, the little bumpers with all the characters on the train. I think they would even show He Man and She were on the train. I think you're right. Yeah, they um, because that was how I knew. Yeah, I remember one time being at the beach with my family, and they're all on the beach, and I was staying inside waiting for He Man to come on because I'd seen him on that train. <laughs> I knew he was coming Same. at some point. Same. <laughs> because, like I said, we didn't have this at home. 
So vacation was just an excuse to watch cable. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, my memories of He-Man now, like I know I had the toys and I watched the cartoon and all, but are of the movie, which I know a lot of people don't like, but I love. And, you know, because I had it on VHS mm-hmm. and DVD long after the cartoons quit airing and before you could get them on DVD. And I watched it over and over over the years. Um, whereas mm-hmm. I have not revisited the show as much. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my memories of the show have faded. And, you know, I remember the characters that were in the movie more than any that were in the show. Well, you, I can tell you, you are in good company. Did you guys pick up on the fact that, um, uh, Brandon, you just said that you ended up like watching it on Amazon, right? Um, I don't know if you guys kind of noticed this, but the specials have been, or uh, I should point out all the Masters of the Universe, all the Filmation Library in general. If you notice, it, 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 it's all been sped up. The frames and the the, the sound, the syncing has all been kind of sped up. So I, I, the Masters of uh, the Masters of the Universe and Filmation geek in me is watching it on YouTube, and I'm just like. Uh, uh, I definitely so noticed that. Is this this the YouTube version that's been sped up? Is that what you're saying? Well, the YouTube version is the DVD version that I think was looked over by um, someone who decided to uh, speed them all up and decide that that was probably the better idea, which <laughs> I'm just going to save my comment of who it is. But um I'm not really the biggest fan of the speeding up. <laughs> I'm not either. I know that, you know, like cable channels will do that with old sitcoms now they're fitting in more commercials. And I was wondering oh, yeah. when you said YouTube, if that was a thing they had done to try to avoid like copyright bots or whatever. No, the YouTube upload is no, actually be, official. No, because it's, <laughs> well, yeah, that's for man.org. Yeah. I'm not sure if now I don't know if the one I've watched is sped up or not. Like I said, I wouldn't have to get enough memory to know. Um, I've owned this digitally for 10 plus years. There, so. there is, uh, there are copies out there that are not sped up. I, I, the, the original VHS, which, you know, um, you, you know, Mike, you were asking about whether or not I remember watching it on video. Um, the original VHS, I don't think people remember for the longest time. That was a very hot item. I mean, the early days of eBay and He-Man.org, I mean, a lot of people spent, yeah, a lot of people spent their time trying to hunt that down. And, um, you know, now it's obviously, you know, readily available, but uh, I mean, those, those versions are sped up. Um, like I said, I have an original broadcast, um, that is not sped up. Um, but again, it's just the filmation and animation geek in me that can't stand (laughs) speeding up frames. The first thing I ever bought on eBay yeah. in 1999 or 2000 was a He-Man action figure. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because nice. I never had He-Man out of the line. Like, I had one of the variations of He-Man, but not just He-Man. Mm-hmm. And I remember playing with my Skeletor and stuff, but I had some He-Man soap dispenser that was way bigger, not to scale, and no <laughs> you know, sure. no points of movement <laughs> or anything. And I, like, broke off the soap pump part. <laughs> and so, like, as soon as I found out this was a thing and you could buy old stuff, mm-hmm. like 16 or 17, I bought He-Man. Now, did you guys um, – now, here's here's my question because that kind of brings up a good point. Um, 
Did you, were you guys, and this is completely off topic and I apologize, but um, were you guys a fan of the variants that were released uh, of the line at all? I was not a big collector of different variants of action figures. If I had one of something, I was good. I had the battle damaged He-Man and Skeletor that I got actually the Christmas uh-huh. before this aired. So I was all in. Right. But I had battle damage He-Man and Skeletor, but I had original Skeletor. I usually just got what I could get uh-huh. um, when it came to action yeah, figures when I was exactly. that young. But I always wanted just the regular He-Man, the, like the one on the cartoon. Okay. Um, Ghostbusters exactly. was one I remember a having a lot of variants, but He-Man and some of the other lines I just had, you know, one of a character was easily enough. I didn't really get into the Honestly, variants I, until Ninja Turtles because they had so, so many. Yeah. I had a right. few with Ninja Turtles. If it was something if it was something they had showed on a cartoon episode, I usually wanted it. So, like, the yeah. variants of the Ninja Turtles where they were in the trench coats, I wanted because they showed that on yes. the show a lot. Yep. But when they came out with them dressed like Universal Monsters, as cool as I think that is now, like, as a kid, that didn't really phase me. I was like, this is dumb. They don't, they don't right. do that on the show. Right. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, well, I if, if like did you, did you I I don't know if you guys were like uh, Brandon, you may have I don't know if you were, but it was kind of like with Batman how you just wanted the one black suit or the the gray and blue it just give me He Man you know yeah just, just let mm-hmm. me have He Man let me have Skeletor but like I said um but I do I I did have the uh, flying fist and he kind of had this like vacuum formed uh, paint silver kind of uh, chest armor. And that one was good enough for me, but, you know, for me personally, I, I always wanted that original He-Man. I definitely noticed that the YouTube copy had spit up sound. Uh, and the big mm-hmm. giveaway was how they had already sped up the voices of Adam and yes. Adora. That they're just a little higher pitched and they, right. it's like it's the Smurf effect is what I call it. <laughs> if you notice uh, when they're doing uh, when they're playing She-Ra's theme in the beginning, uh, that's also sped up too. Yes, I did notice yeah. that. So I think it translates into the music. I'm just like that sounds really fast. Mm-hmm. A little too yeah. fast. <laughs> well, uh, and let's get into the voice cast now, I'm as we like to say do that. This. Let's do that. All right. And then we always talk about it. <laughs> So we have John Irwin as He-Man. Uh, yes. Uh, he was also on another Filmation cartoon. He was Reggie on the Archie cartoon that Filmation mm-hmm. produced. Uh, he was the voice of the Nine Lives cat. And Morris. Morris, yes. And he was the voice of a sportscaster in Back to the Future 2. There it is. I didn't know that What's until that? looking this up. I was I was back down because I wanted to um, <laughs> make sure Mike knew that. Oh, I knew that. So when <laughs> old Biff is in the car with his younger self in 1955, John Irwin can be heard uh, on the radio as the sports announcer. Mm-hmm. We got another big deck of the future one coming. Yeah, uh, a much bigger <laughs> These one. These are like now. the things I wrote down. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Next, uh, as she and Chad, ride, to answer your question, Back to the Future. Is the name of a holiday, and it's kind of like oh, Rusev Day. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's kind of I, like Rusev Day. <laughs> Rusev stole my bit. Rusev Day. And he's doing a better job at it than I am. 
<laughs> you need an aid in like, English I'm just good. seeing it for you all the time. Yeah. You really do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> My wife refuses. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we also have Melendi Britt as She-Ra, and she's also the voice of Mermista, who shows up later. Uh, she's still doing work. Like, she, she is. Was, uh, like, okay, I recorded the Michael Jackson Halloween special that aired last October. Mm-hmm. She's in that? Still, it's still sitting on my DVR unwatched because <laughs> I heard how bad it was. But she's in that. It was bad. It was terrible. Yeah. She's also apparently in a Gilmore Girls episode. I did not write down which one. She's got a lot um, of one-offs. I've watched that show. Yeah, it's just one episode. Yeah. I'm sure it's not a big role, but I've watched that show so many times. I was like, I'm going to have to go back and look for her now. Yeah. Uh, one of the more regular roles she's had <laughs> was she was the voice of Batgirl in the 1970s on that filmation cartoon. Uh-huh. Yep. I, I I reacted to that way way too 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 eagerly. I'm sorry. Just continue. No, it's all right. I was uh, surprised have... in looking at this voice cast how many of them were still alive. Yes. Yeah. Um. I mean, this is only. 33 years old this year, but... Yeah, but a lot of them were, like, people who were in their 50s doing these voices. That's true. You had um, a lot with resumes going back to the 60s. Like, John Irwin's, like, born in 1936 or something right. like that. Um, mm-hmm. Like, the voice of Tila and the voice of Hordak were the only ones out of the major voices that I remember seeing that had died. Wait, Linda Gary died? No, Linda Gary didn't die. I, hmm, I don't know about that. Um, I'm pretty sure that's over it down. Yeah, she no, she died, died in 1995. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was that 95. long ago. Yeah. All right. Well, she Linda was doing the voice of Aunt May on the 90s Spider-Man. That's right. Which I guess was probably still going on when she passed. Oh, it might she have probably been. recorded everything she needed to before she yeah, passed. Yeah, that, that ended somewhere around in there. She was in that. She was also Dr. Nora Crest on Batman the Animated Series. Oh, she yeah. was. A few of these actors popped up on that show. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of them, to pull back the curtain... Uh, Paul Dini actually, I believe, got his start on Masters of the Universe, so I feel like he always had like a little soft spot for filmation. Um, so that would kind of make sense as to that connection. Okay, makes me wonder if Andrea Romano worked on with any of the filmation Ooh. stuff since she cast all that. Oh, probably. I'm looking her up now. <laughs> Andrea Romano. While you're doing that, I will mention that Linda Gary, I remember her as the narrator of a bunch of Disney read-along stories, uh, including Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, The Three Little Pigs, and It's a Small World. Uh They made a story out of that, uh, and it wasn't terrible. Um, I don't remember that I made a story out of that when we write it. (laughs) Well, all right. I'm going to have to find my way over there when you do. Uh, we have the great Alan Oppenheimer as Skeletor yes. and Man at Arms, uh, and, and one of the Manchines, Zipper, that kind of sounds like a bad Bill Cosby impression. Mm-hmm. Zipper is there. Uh, I, I, I. I uh, never mind. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Alan Oppenheimer is a regular for filmation. He was uh, most notably Prime Evil on the Ghostbusters. Yes. And also Mighty Mouse yes. and Ming the Merciless from the New Adventures of Flash Gordon. He was Vanity Smurf. 
Uh, he was on what? the he was on the Wuzzles as Rhinoki. Okay. And here's my favorite besides Skeletor. He had four different roles in the Neverending Story, the movie. No. Oh yeah, he was the narrator. No. He was the rock biter. He was that no. wolf like Gamork. But most importantly, no. he was Falcor the no. Luck Dragon. What? Yes. This is no Skeletor. Falcor and Skeletor yep. are the same actor. That's almost up there with Uncle Dylan. He's got range. Uh, yeah, I, that's not too bad. I, I, I always thought Alan Oppenheimer, at least with most, just like most of the filmation guys, I, I always feel like I could spot his voice out of a crowd. But if you listen to him, uh, do Skeletor and uh, Man at Arms, yeah, I, I, I guess you know he has a little bit more range than I think everyone else in filmation. Well, you want to talk range, let's get to our next one. It's one of the co-founders of Filmation, Lou Scheimer. Ah, uh, uh, Lou. He's Orko, he's King Randor, he is Swiftwind the Unicorn. Uh, <laughs> he's like all of Skeletor and Hordax minions. He's the Monstroids, and of course, our big bad for this cheerful holiday classic, he's the voice of Horde Prime. <laughs> Can we talk about Horde Prime for a minute? His character's supposed yes. to be shrouded in a mysterious fog, but his voice sound like it was recorded in a tin can in an empty warehouse. Well, I got new, uh, you must have been at the Filmation uh, recording studio then. Oh, well, okay. That was the one that they left inside. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do this uh, one in the bathroom. You know, I I, I always was fascinated. I, Horde Prime was always interesting to me because you didn't see his face and it was kind of like the Galactus in that um, uh, uh, Fantastic Four movie where you don't see him. But, you know, you just kind of have to have an image of him and you yep. kind of have to guess what he looks like. Um, I will say this. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of shocked that they pulled out every villain in this in this uh, special, especially Horde Prime. Um, but uh, have you guys now here's my que- here here's a question for you Mike I know that you're a part of the Never Collect Anything Club I am but you are have you guys ever seen the Horde Prime action figure that the Masters of Universe classic line uh produce Um I just looked at it on Google Image Search right now <laughs> I'm about to do the same <laughs> cuz uh oh yes that's right it's it's basically mm-hmm. Red Hordak It's it Thank you. I was going to say it's Hordag mixed with um, Frank Langella's Skeletor, pretty much. <laughs> wow, you're not wrong. Which is not a which is not it, that that's not bad in any way. No, yeah. <laughs> this is my final form. <laughs> yeah. But we got to get back to Lou Scheimer. He was, uh, yes. as I mentioned, he was one of the co-founders of Filmation, so he's touched just about every project of theirs. Absolutely. Uh, as far as where you can hear his voice, he was Dumb Donald and Fat Albert. He was Batman's Bat Computer and also Bat Mite and Clayface. And of course, he was Tracy the Gorilla from the Filmation Ghostbusters. Yes. 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 Oh. All this Filmation talk is just making me so happy right now. Filmation has such a storied history that I don't think, you know, and Mike, you and I were talking about it in a previous episode. Filmation did so much for animation and to be such, you know, a low budget American, you know, uh, animation house is just, 
absolutely incredible. I don't. I, I. I sometimes think people pass over filmation when they, you know, talk about nostalgia just because of how how low budget it was. But the fact is, it it had one of the. It, I mean, it was giving um, Hanna Barbera a run for its money for the longest time. Um, but uh, I mean, what Lou did with. Um, I believe it was Hal Sutherland and Norm Prescott. Um, they, they, I mean, just it, it, it will never be done again. And Lou was just so hands-on with literally everything he did. It was incredible. And he also brought his family into the business. Lou's daughter, Erica Scheimer, was the voice of Pika Blue and Perfuma, uh-huh. uh, as well as the kid's mother at the very end of the special. Uh, but yes, uh, Erica, when she publicly came out as gay in the 2000s, she said she always felt comfortable working at Filmation, calling it one of the gayest places in town, (laughs) which is my favorite description of anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's kind of not surprising when you watch these. Yeah, pretty much. Gotta feel comfortable where you work. Exactly. Erica was also the cartoon voice of Marsha Brady. (laughs) <laughs> now, Chad and Mike, yes. y'all both seem to know much more about filmation than I do. Um, like, what happened to them as a company? Like, where are they now? They just ran out of money. I they they had to sell pretty much to. Uh, I think it was L'Oreal, actually the the I think the parent company that owned L'Oreal. So, kind of, it led to some jokes in the mid in the uh, in the He Man of uh, just. You know, that's why He-Man has such amazing hair. So they had to sell back. But um, no, they just they they weren't able to keep kind of keep up with the times. They started losing talent. They started losing money. Um, and this is in the 80s or this was the, like beyond the, the 80s. I never hear much early. About them. Yeah, it was the early 90s. Um, okay. I, I think their last project was this. Uh, it was like a um, unofficial sh- um Oh, oh, Snow White title called Happily Ever Happily After. Ever oh, yeah, I just After. saw that on a bunch yep. of those. I remember seeing that in video stores, but I saw that on a bunch of their um, filmographies. So. Yeah, and it, it was really weird because some of these are actually not bad. Like if you watch that weird and twisted Pinocchio, which was just chilling to watch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was it was kind of frightening. Um, I mean, the original Pinocchio was pretty frightening to begin with at it times, was. but this... Just um, yeah. ramped it up. Um, but there was discussion by Filmation on whether or not that they could, you know, do more projects with like He-Man and She-Ra. And they actually, um, they, they tried to get a few off the ground and it just never worked. But Lou. So who owns the rights to He-Man now? Uh, animation wise. Uh, I know Mattel. It's, it's theirs. That's right. For, uh, okay. Animation rights. I don't know who owns the animation rights. But I know, like, Mattel oversees everything when it comes to He-Man. That's right. I knew that. There are certain characters. Like, I think Orko was uh, an original creation from Filmation. Right. I think Prince Adam and I think Webstore. I think those are the three off the... I could be wrong about Webstore, and if someone wants to correct me, please do. I, I, I really can't remember who it was. There was a, there was a villain... That, uh, King Randor, I think. No, was it King Randor? Mm. Oh my god! So basically, so. the characters that were created for the action figure line and those are for the action- comics right. that are owned by Mattel. Yes, and the ones yes. original to the show are probably still owned by Filmation. 
Yeah, well, they, they, well, I, I, I mean, I think that's probably that's why you didn't thinking. see. I, I think so. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of why you don't see King Randor merchandised or, you know, stuff like that. I, I want to say he was one of the characters, you know, but. Anyway, <laughs> I'm getting so deep into this. Okay. I apologize. You know more no, about it than it's I good. Do, so I'm deferring to you here. <laughs> oh, Tangents I, are I, always I, welcome I, here. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> let's get thanks, to <laughs> let's get to our last voice actors. We have our two Earth children, Miguel and Alicia. As Miguel, it's R. D. Rob, who was 13 years old when he recorded this. Two years earlier, he was in the movie A Christmas Story as Schwartz, the kid who triple dog dares flick to stick his tongue to the flagpole. Wow, I didn't Time even out. click on the kids when I was looking at the voice cast because I didn't figure – I figured they were just like somebody's kid. That's how these things usually work. That, that's cool. Wait a minute. You're – okay, this I did not know. You're, you're, you're actually blowing my mind. Schwartz I is you not. I did not know that that was him. Yep. Wow. I didn't know it was him until I looked it up too. I was like, this is fascinating. Oh, Wow. See, I'm learning something. Yeah. So, unlike Rankin Bass, they actually employed child actors instead of just getting their kids to do it. Yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> um, okay. Well, but, I mean, and the I, somewhat. Yeah. Had had he has movie experience. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Alicia is played by Lana Beeson. Not a lot of credits here, uh, but that is her singing voice, doing the better job of the two in the Christmas song in this. She was also in the singing voice in two of the most nightmare-inducing movies for me as a child. Um, oh, no. All Dogs Go to Heaven, she's the singing voice of Anne-Marie. Mm-hmm. And she was the singing voice for Alice in that 1985 Alice in Wonderland oh. TV movie. Oh, with the giant, terrifying Jabberwock. You guys know what I'm talking about? I don't remember that one, but I do agree that All Dogs Go to Heaven was very nightmare-inducing. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's it's it. Oh, it takes a lot out of you to watch that. <laughs> really does. But let's get back to cheerfulness. Hey, now, wait a minute. There's uh, one. There's one other person in the voice cast that I'm surprised you, you didn't mention. Stella, one of those damn kids are in oh front my, of my car I again. Go! I skipped right over him. <laughs> oh my goodness, we got to talk about Hordak. And he's the big Back to the Future connection. Yes! <laughs> the biggest one. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> All right. It's George DiCenzo as <laughs> Hordak. That's Marty McFly's maternal grandfather, Sam. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. His parents are probably idiots, too. <laughs> <laughs> so happy Back to the Future Day. Yes. That's there right, we go. ladies and gentlemen can't believe I... Well, you know, you've saved the best for last. So he's the uh, voice of Hordak and was through this whole run. <laughs> That's another one where you could tell the voice is sped up because it's just like, why does Hordak sound so much like a Smurf? Yeah, I, you know, it, that, that kind of takes away from the effect of um, Hordak in this. And that that's, again, another issue I have with the speeding up. Yes. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's dive right in. We open with Snowfall at the Royal Palace of Eternia, as every good guy ever except for about four people are decorating for the twins' first birthday together with the whole family. Uh, We get that lovely bit of setup dialogue that we talked about earlier that establishes two big plot points. One, 
Adora brought all her friends with her. Yep. And sure did. We get, and we get all of their names. And then, two, all this decorating reminds Queen Marlena of Christmas, something her husband of over 20 years has never heard her mention before now. <laughs> yes. Uh, that, okay. I had something to say about that. Because, first of all, mm-hmm. I had to forgotten that she was from Earth. Mm-hmm. So, like, I went to look that up to make sure that was, I was reading that right. But that's what I said. I was like, how are you married that long? And in all your times of getting to know each other, telling stories, you never mention Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. then, you guys, I, I took a screenshot of this because I had to share it. Um, if you look on Wiki Grayskull mm-hmm. at Marlena's page, there's a whole section or it's like a paragraph that a whole section called Marlena's religion. Uh (laughs) And it says, since Marlena originally hailed from earth, she presumably believed in the monotheistic God of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. When she married Randor, she probably converted to the worship of Eternia's goddess, identifying the goddess as the female aspect of her traditional God, or she may be an atheist. (laughs) Maybe. Wow. (laughs) Well, let's cover all of our bases here. (laughs) Can I just say this about uh, that wiki Grayskull? That is proof positive that Masters of Universe fans, myself included, are absolutely out of their F skulls. (laughs) (laughs) Can I, I, you know, the the one thing about Marlena that I think, you know, you you brought it up, you know, um, she is kind of the link to Earth. For a lot of these um, these moments, uh, I in, in fact they even mentioned it in the movie. How um, I think He Man makes a comment when they're on Earth. They're like, "Yeah, my, my mom is from Earth," or like something like that. It, it's kind of just like a that. very brief. Yeah, and uh, you know, Marlena. You know, I, I I think if I remember right, it's been a while since I looked at her Wikipedia, but she's like she was like an astronaut. That came <laughs> yeah, because right. it says like her alliances is like the group of heroes, and then it says formerly NASA. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah. Not since Reagan came into office. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, easy. Well, easy. wait, no, it was twenty years. So, all right, sixty-five. <laughs> Kennedy. Oh no! <laughs> nah. All right. Oh shoot! Oh, she has no, a lot no, of Johnson, bad news Johnson, to catch up on. Johnson. <laughs> uh, so all right. yeah, not Kennedy. Not in no, 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 Just after that. Okay. So wait a minute. 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 Okay. I'm I'm doing the math here for the first time. Let's say figuratively, uh, Adam and Shira or Adam and Adora are twenty twenty five. No, didn't the show always say they were eighteen? I thought the well, show where action figures one did because that's what I always thought. I had, it gave me very unrealistic body expectations of what I would look like at eighteen. <laughs> let's say they're twenty, so twenty years before four eighty-five would be sixty-five. So that would okay. be like the the dawn of the the space race, really. Yeah. So then that then the math kind of checks out because then yeah because. The Secret of the Sword was in 85, and that kind of when He-Man met Adora... Oh my gosh, I'm trying to apply logic to this. Um, <laughs> I, You're applying more than the makers probably ever did. That's why we're here. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Two of the four people not at the palace decorating are Adamant Man-at-Arms, 
who are finishing Uh the construction of a Sky Spy, a large space shuttle-type drone designed to spy on Skeletor's every move. And, okay, I've seen a lot of people dump on TV shows where one side, usually the bad guys, have this kind of universal camera that follows our heroes around and delivers a clear picture of their enemies via closed-circuit TV. Uh, We see it in Inspector Gadget. We see it on the Technodrome. No one ever explains how that's possible. Here, someone's going to the trouble of explaining it away via Sky Spy, Mm -hmm. and I thought that was a brilliant move. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Man-at-Arms. I always just assumed, like, Man-at-Arms had built, like, eh, you know, obviously I didn't know what a drone was back then, but I always assumed it was, like, some air camera, something like that, that he could kind of, you know, keep an eye on things for. Sure. At the time, it sounded like a great idea. Yeah, and now we can't get rid of these damn drones, so, you know, thanks a lot, <laughs> Man-at-Arms. Uh, third on our list of allies not at the palace is Orko who decides he needs an up-close look at the Sky Spy, which, of course, means pretending to fly around in it, but actually pressing Uh-oh. every button, including the one that launches the thing. Uh, and then we cut to our... We launch into our opening credits, our high-pitched opening credits, uh, which then cut to Skeletor noticing the Sky Spy, not knowing what it is and ordering his pilot to chase it, and behind the wheel of Skeletor's ride is the only sentient being less qualified to fly a ship than Orko. It's too bad. A two-headed monster whose heads always speak in opposites. Okay. Mike? Yeah. I love you with all my heart. I am. I cherish our friendship, <laughs> but I am not going to let you just sit here and disregard the, the good name of too bad. Well, all right. Shouldn't be flying a ship, though. No, that's true. He, they, 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 they have no right to be in charge of anything. No, nope, absolutely not. <laughs> like Skeletor's trying to give him directions, and too bad immediately he goes, "All right, left. No, right. Get that ship before it escapes, or I'll put both your heads in orbit." Uh, left, it is, sir. To the right, yes, sir, Skeletor. Left, right. And that makes it all the easier for He-Man. Well, no. First, He-Man tries to take down the ship, uh, but they dis- they deploy, what did they call it, Force Claws to restrain him? Yep. And we get this Pretty lovely much. little uh, one line. You know what? These claws need a manicure. <laughs> but luckily, She-Ra's here to come to his aid, proving for the first time in this special of many uh, that She-Ra is the better hero. Oh. Duh. Oh, yeah. It really, she really is. In every way possible. Absolutely. That will come up again. Oh, I'm sure. I hope it will. Oh, yes. Uh, but the twins knock Skeletor off course, but meanwhile, neither of them knows Orko is in the ship, and he casts a spell to make it land somewhere safe, taking him to an unrecognizable blue planet that is, in fact, our own Earth. Yeah, Just I... like in the motion picture. Exactly. <laughs> Which is probably where they got the idea from it. All right. Well, it could be. Uh, and conveniently, he crash lands somewhere in the snowy northern hemisphere in late December. Because upon landing, Orko hears cries for help from two children about to be crushed by an avalanche. He levitates them out of harm's way, and the kids don't seem to be bothered at all by the sight of a floating, faceless, legless wizard stranger with pointy blue ears. So, 
Here, the first thing I would be saying is, what in the hell is that thing, and why why doesn't it have a face? <laughs> but no, first thing they said to him was just put us down. Well, wouldn't you? <laughs> I, yeah, wouldn't probably. you? I would. I'd be like, ew, put me down. I don't want you around me. Yeah. Go home. <laughs> and I love Orko, but that that would I my first reaction to Orko would not be, oh, hey, cool. You've got blue hands and no face. What? <laughs> hey, let's go hang out. Yeah, well, he did just rescue them from a certain death. He uh, did. Fair. Fair. But... You know, it was the 80s. They had watched Star Wars. They knew what Jawas <laughs> were. They had seen all the other weird 80s fantasy stuff we had watched. They just went along with it. Yeah, I think they had it. So you're game. saying that they were kind of... Uh, they were they, they were they were they they were so accustomed to weird stuff that yeah, they and they're kids. Kids are dumb. <laughs> oh yeah, gosh, that, oh gosh. Well, so and again, this thing just saved their lives. That too. Plus, they're in the middle of nowhere. Like those are huge that, trees. They're like deep in some forest. There are no mm. buildings or roads around, and these kids have gotten out there by themselves. Um. They went to go get a Christmas tree to bring home for their family. Who sends out two tiny children alone in the northern wilderness to chop down a Christmas tree by themselves and haul it back home also by themselves? But movies like this and specials like this are why, as a kid, I always had this idea that I had to go out into the woods somewhere and cut (laughs) down a Christmas tree. You want a Christmas tree? Go out and get one. Not to a tree farm. Where they've got them planted in rows and not to a tree lot and definitely not an artificial tree. Like we had to go and I lived on a farm and I was like, no, we have to go out just like in the movies and cut down a tree out of the woods. And so one year when I was like six or seven, my parents finally let me do this. We live in South Georgia on a farm. There's no Christmas trees on the farm. And if there are, there's definitely not any that are pruned and shaped up perfect. But because I insisted my parents let me cut down the top of a pine tree <laughs> oh, okay. and bring it into our house. And that is what we decorated that year. And it looked horrible, but I was so proud of it. I invited everyone we knew to come to our house. You had a real Charlie Brown tree. tree. <laughs> it was yes. like four big branches. That's amazing. Like my dad you should like have been literally proud. climbed to the top and cut down like the five top five feet or so of a pine tree. Oh my goodness. I, That's my new favorite story. story. Well, <laughs> well, Orko decides to be the better parent and brings them inside his crashed ship where he asks what a Christmas tree is. So first the younger sibling, Alicia explains, you get a lot of presents. Uh, and then Miguel explains, well, there's a lot more to Christmas than that. It's a time to celebrate peace on earth and, Then he begins to tell Orko the story of Christmas, which conveniently cuts out after a long, long time ago. Right. Well, they tell a little bit more. In my memory, they talked about Jesus. And and of course, they they don't actually mention Christmas or Jesus, I'm sorry. But they they definitely tell the Christmas story enough that you can fill in blanks more so than most Christmas specials that aren't explicitly about the nativity story, like Nestor or the little drummer boy or something mm-hmm. like this and Charlie Brown and the Johnny Bravo Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got to put that on some of the only ones that mention Jesus or yes. the Bible story at all. Animaniacs. Um, Cause he says like, I'm sorry. What was that? Animaniacs did just 
to mine. Yes, I I have that written on my I, uh, Animaniac. With visuals, I don't think I've watched the Christmas one of that. If I have, oh, I don't remember. Oh, it's really it's good. So Wacko's like Christmas Wish? No, 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 yeah, no, no. Not that. Like, they Wait had just a regular Christmas episode where yeah, they did musical. Little Drummer Boy. Uh-huh. I probably saw it then, because I watched all the regular ones. Okay. But I don't remember it. But yeah. they're all on Hulu or one of those. They're on yes. Hulu. I have to go watch it. Yes. Um, did you guys, Um, because I'll point this out, I believe in the original broadcast, they, they there was another scene where they are talking about like three wise men and they're talking about Jesus. Um, I, I, I feel like maybe it was cut out of later releases. Well, oh, here could it be. says, I don't know because what, my memory of that came from this same version that I watched today. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it has him, he starts off, he says, it's about peace and goodwill toward men. And he says, that's what mm-hmm. the angel said. I wrote all this down. We'll tell you the whole story. And then he says, a long, long time ago, and it fades back to He-Man and them. And then when it comes back, he's talking about the three wise men following the star until they reach Bethlehem. Right. That's the version I saw as well. And then she says something about, and tell we didn't even get to Santa or something like that. Yes. So they kind of like tell the beginning of the Christmas story and the end. But they mm-hmm. kind of skip over the birth of the savior part. Yeah. I feel like they want to, but then they ended up having to dance around it, I guess. You know, I, I think to be fair, I, you know, the, the big thing with, you know, filmation and not just filmation, but you know, the He-Man and she were properties is they always taught about inclusion. So I'll, I'll, I'll say this as a Christian, I'm not, I, I, you know, I can appreciate that they included it, oh, but yeah, I'm not okay. really losing my crap over the fact that they didn't go all in depth. I, I think that, you know, the, the way they did it for a, um, how, to, uh, mainstream, a, a yeah, the, I, I think for the audience that they did it for, I think that they were kind of smart about it, but again, I can kind of see, you know, where <laughs> I can kind of see where some people were like, Oh, oh don't, don't, don't go in there. Don't, don't, don't go down that hole, please. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it doesn't bother me either, and no. I don't have a problem. It's just in my memory, I was like, oh, th- I've always been like – and I think this was the little bit of trivia I mentioned to Mike when he first mentioned this on Twitter. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. th- this is one of the few that mentions Jesus as the reason for Christmas, and I mean – and it does. I mean, that's right. what they're talking about here, but they never explicitly say Jesus, which I thought in my right. memory they did, but they – just allude to it. They don't. But again, mm-hmm. it could also be just their way of being inclusive because, I mean, yeah. look at the characters' names. Miguel and Alicia. Yeah. Their names are Spanish, so they're more relatable. It worked for me. I remember thinking, yeah. hey, that's my name, but Spanish. My next door neighbor, <laughs> my next door neighbors were Hispanic. Wonderful people who probably should not have been as nice to me as they were whenever I'd just wander into their garage and play with their toys. Oh, I had no sense of boundaries as a young kid. Or now. <laughs> I'm just That's saying, ladies and gentlemen, this is essentially what you get with like. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, meanwhile, Man at Arms has a technology to trace the location of the Sky Spy, and Queen Marlena immediately recognizes its coordinates as on her home planet Earth. Uh, and we already talked about her being an astronaut who crashed, landed on Eternia, met a king, and decided, ooh, I want this life instead. And can you blame her? Yep. Nope. Not at all. Uh, well, they actually respect animals on that planet. I yeah, mean, right. I'd be doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, the Sky Spy has a transport beam that can bring it back, but it needs something called a carrium water crystal, something not found on Eternia. Man-at-Arms built this rocket and a transport beam, but it needs a part that his home planet doesn't grow. <laughs> okay. That's when Adora volunteers to look on her series home planet of Etheria, uh, and since it's a water crystal, she goes to ask the fourth and final ally not present at the decorating party at the palace, Mermista. Why is Mermista yep. the only one who didn't go to the party? She can't get out of the water. She she has to live in the water. Oh, that's right. She she's you know what I I, I will say this I don't I, I don't really have a lot of knowledge about Mermista, but just assume just going by her name, Mer. Mista, I'm assuming she can't really leave the the water. In fact, I feel like anytime they showed her, she was always on. Uh, anytime they showed her on the cartoon, I I feel like she was always just kind of uh, in the water. Yeah, and just decided she wanted to kind of sit on a rock. Right. Look at you bringing <laughs> so, logic to the conversation. I'm it, sitting here trying to sad. think up this convoluted story. Maybe mermaids don't celebrate birthdays. Oh, <gasps> hey. That, hey, I'm kind of in on that. You, you might have a good point <laughs> it, there. It might. I mean, I know it's not a universally mermaid thing because Ariel's got a dang birthday, but maybe mermaids on Etheria don't celebrate birthdays. So she was like, well, "Okay, you all have fun." But wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Ariel never left the sea, and in fact, she had to make a deal with um, uh, what was uh, Ursula, uh, Ursula. Ursula. What, what, John Arbuckle's grandmother. Ursula, thank you. John Arbuckle's. That's right. Yep. Um, she um she had to make a deal to leave the leave the sea. So I'm assuming, you know, Mermista just kind of was the same, or maybe she was just effing lazy. I don't know. All right. <laughs> All this talk about birthdays on Eternia and Etheria and our earlier conversation. I'm backtracking here, but our <laughs> earlier conversation about the fact that He Man was only 18 and was built yeah. like that, <laughs> like. Okay, so birthday is a year. A year has to do with how fast your planet orbits. We don't know how slow those planets might orbit. <gasps> Maybe 18 is equivalent to 30 Earth years. Okay. That would make sense. Ooh. Holy cow, yes. Could be. I mean, Queen Marlena does. Now, I make am th- in my 30s and still don't look like that. <laughs> so this yeah, is yeah, like well. setting up some... <sighs> Issue. <laughs> I got news but for you. For the longest time, I really had this idea that I'm going to have that big of muscles when I turn 18 yep, because of this show. Oh, man. <laughs> this podcast has just become a therapy session. Yep. Welcome <laughs> to everyone just airs out their crap.com. <laughs> well, well, Mermista, who has a. I'll remember that during my next actual therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Well, Mermista, who has this thick French accent, because Mermaid knows where there might be a crystal, but it's in a place guarded by a terrifying mythical creature with a delightfully generic name. Oh, dear. Whose dog is that? I'm sorry, Mike. It's the beast monster. It's mine. I was hoping it wasn't picking it up. (laughs) Oh, one time the dog knows I'm talking about the beast monster. Does. Please leave this in, by the way. (laughs) It's a beast and a monster. The beast monster 
<laughs> and I just realized that I typed best monster in my notes. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> it is not best monster. It ends up being this Godzilla-looking creature with a slightly longer neck, whom Shira takes out pretty quickly. Uh, while Mermista finds her crystal, and then she's almost out of there when we meet the next group of competing baddies, giant robots called the Monstroids, who can change their shape. Did anyone else notice they make a big deal of that for a brief second? I gotta be honest, no. Okay. No. It's like, <laughs> Shira makes this passing comment. It's like, they're changing into other forms. What evil robots? Very evil and very dangerous. The makers of He-Man toys would like you to know that robots that change their form are evil. <laughs> it technically, you know, if you ever look throughout pop culture, uh, shapeshifters are always the evil ones. I guess so, but this was <laughs> That's always weird to me. Uh, I I mean, no kid would notice this at the time, but as an adult, yeah. I immediately caught that. It was just like, "Ooh, that is shade of Transformers." Oh, oh, hey, yes. <laughs> That's what I was getting at. They're throwing shade at Transformers. Oh. Don't buy those newfangled toys. Buy He-Man action figures. Uh-uh. Well, after the evil robots evilly transform, they just peace on out of there. Yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of gone. A lot goes on in the middle of this special. It A gets very oh, yeah. convoluted and less Christmassy. And I've gotten more quiet because this is the part where I kind of zoned out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It feels, every it feels time. more like a standard Masters of the Universe episode <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> is the part that I don't pay as much attention to. Because I've tried to go back and watch those. They don't really hold up for me. Yeah. Um, no, they don't. The Christmas special part at the beginning and the end of this, I'm like, oh, yes, I'm into this. When it gets into, like, let's battle these bad guys and this one, I'm just kind of like, okay. <laughs> and this is one of those cases where Shira just goes home. Hey, everyone, it's me, Adora. I just got this crystal we need from my best friend, Shira, who absolutely is not me. Nope. <laughs> What's up? She literally walks in and just says, she is, like, two seconds from throwing her hands up. And just say, what's up? I did it. <laughs> she didn't do it. My best friend Shira did it. Well, the crystal gets the transport beam to work, and the Sky Spy is brought back to Eternia with Orko and the two Earth kids and their Christmas tree inside. Uh, but now Man in Arm says it might take a few days for the crystal to recharge, which means they might miss Christmas. And that's when Queen Marlena decides, all right, let's turn the twins' birthday party into a Christmas party. Certainly they won't mind. No. And then I'm kind of bummed that we don't get more of a montage of the Eternians trying and failing <laughs> to figure out how Christmas parties are supposed to work. We get <laughs> we get this brief bit with Perfuma turning the weather to springtime, but the kids correct her, no, no, Christmas is in the winter. Well, sure, yeah. if you're on the Northern Hemisphere. How Northern Hemisphere-centric. Right? Not Aww. if you're from the South where it's summer, but no one cares about those jerks. <laughs> You know what? These kids, this whole planet is turning their whole day upside down for these kids, and they are just pushing it so badly. <laughs> like they are just, just oh my gosh! You know what? They're very like, thankful thought, though. They're very grateful. They use their manners. I, yeah, but they're still like kind of passive aggressive at times. Could be. All right. <laughs> uh, and then we cut to this. Could have been yeah. This could have been much more of an event. Kind of like how 
um, in the SpongeBob Christmas special. You know, whenever they're trying to make Christmas. Yeah. In mm-hmm. Bikini Bottom, but nobody really, other than Sandy, really knows what Christmas is. They have a song. Like, it's fun. They have, yes. They a have a song, song here and everything, <laughs> but all we get is Orko, and I don't even know the name of that thing, dancing around. Yeah, there are some weird little critters that I guess come from She-Ra that I didn't, that I don't know other than from this special, but they are, um, they don't even look like they go in the same cartoon. They look like something from Rainbow Bride or something. Well, that's yeah. the idea. They're from a different planet. I'm showing my lack, I'm showing my lack of knowledge of basically all the, um, quote unquote girl shows <laughs> from that time period. Um, I was all in on Rainbow Bright. That got dark. Uh, I had my little pony. I had my little ponies, too. I asked for my little pony for Christmas the same year I asked for He-Man and She-Ra, so I had, like, He-Man riding around on Firefly the Pegasus for my little pony. I had some of them, but I missed some of the other shows. I don't know. Basically, my sister and I, we got everybody, like, my grandparents and aunts and parents, like, whatever they bought one of us, they bought for the other. So we both had He-Man, we both had My Little Ponies, we both had Care Bears, we both had Ghostbusters. But I missed, I don't know, I never watched a lot of She-Ra, so I'm always kind of at a loss with all the She-Ra characters in here. I gotta be honest, I don't even, I, it's, it, they've appeared on, like, other episodes, I, I just can't remember their damn names or what they all are. I think they're, like, her versions of Orca. Kind of like yeah, well, uh, comic well, she had some other characters like Ling Cowell that were um kind of the version of of uh, Orko. She also had Madame Raz who flew around on a um on a little broom and she was just like a sassy. Uh, she was kind of she sounded like Harley Quinn too. <laughs> which was kind of <laughs> She would kind of talk like this. I I'm not one. Well, and job. you know, mermaids with French accents. Mass hysteria. Yeah, no, this is Orko's dancing with some kind of, it's like a, it looks like an owl, but it has giant rainbow ears that go oh, down the side. I know what you're talking about. That's, um, that's cowl. Cowl. That's, that's cowl. Oh. Yes. It looks that's like cowl. an owl, but it's a cowl. Yeah. Get it? I do. Get it, Mike? I get it. I don't think you do. All right. Well, after, <laughs> actually before this, uh, we see our first glimpse of Horde Prime. Uh, or his or his arm coming out of the smoke there, and uh, who summons both Hordak and Skeletor. I knew Hordak worms for Prime, but Skeletor up until this point was his own boss. I thought. Yeah. Okay. Well. He, he, yeah, well, the story was always um, Hordak was Skeletor's teacher, and Skeletor kind of turned against him, and you know trapped him in. Um, you know what the fright. You know what what, what essentially is the fright zone, and. Horde uh, kind of struck up a deal, or Hordak kind of struck up a deal with Horde Prime, and that's kind of where that goes. Yeah. Well, for the purposes of this special, Skeletor works for Horde Prime too, uh, and those two Fair. are bickering back and forth because Horde Prime has informed them of the arrival of the Spirit of Christmas on Eternia, <laughs> and in hindsight, that's the Snoke from Star Wars scene. There's been an awakening. <laughs> Can you feel it? We know where you're getting it from, Disney. We know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Horde Prime wants these two Earth children to prevent them from spreading Christmas cheer and offers a great reward for whoever can bring them to him. So now we have Skeletor and Hordak fighting each other for the rest of this special. <laughs> uh, 
can I tell you, this is kind of where the, the, the special starts picking up because it does kind of turn into a uh, almost kind of cannonball runnish. Yes, it does. <laughs> Just <with Heath. laughs> because right after they, they're finished singing, Hordak shows up uh, and quickly uh, captures the two kids and Orko via tractor beam with no fight whatsoever. You have Bo there who was uh, playing his little little mandolin. Mandolin, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he gets freeze raid right off the bat. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, now no one can find the kids. They can't use the finder beam because that looks for the Sky Spy, and the Sky Spy is back on Eternia. So now He Man and She Ra have to uh, consult Pika Blue. Yeah. They're all seeing Buddy. Uh, to find the location of the kids and Orko, and she sees they're now being held prisoners by the evil transforming robots, the Monstroids. Okay. Who took them from Hordak to use as bait to lure Horde Prime. Man, this is Cannonball Run. This is Cannonball Run, and just in absolutely insane. And by the way, I gotta point this out. If anybody, um, you know, we're all, we, uh, we were talking about it earlier, we're all wrestling fans here. Pika Blue plus She-Ra equals uh, Charlotte Flair. Wow. <laughs> You're on the money. Because Pika Blue has this kind of peacock thing going on in the back. Yup. Oh, wow. Well done. I am not convinced that uh, if you ever watch uh, Charlotte, I'm not convinced that she that her outfits are, you know, not inspired by uh, She-Ra. <laughs> There's got to be a little there. She grew up on this with us. Oh, I mean, she's Sure. She's a bit younger than we are, but not that much. No, no and you know her, her dad. Right. No, she's not. I'm are you pretty serious? sure she's older than most of the other women that came out around the same time as her. Huh. I did that I did not know. Wow, okay. I, I thought she was younger. She's thirty two. She was born in eighty six. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. okay. Well, all right. She could, yeah, she could have been a fan of She-Ra, though. Absolutely. But she has older, my you know, sister older was brother and older sister, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so she, she was oh, in the She-Ra. Sense. She was absolutely in the She-Ra. Oh, yeah. It's canon now. All right. I mean, she was probably Ooh, watching, so watching it on USA, you know, while she was waiting for wrestling to come on. Yes. <laughs> there it is. There you go. Perfect. There we have it. Well, as the actual Shira very briefly mentioned earlier, and I didn't bother, the Monstroids have another enemy in the little friendly robots called the Manchines. Okay, uh, let's talk about these guys very quickly. They look like little Mega Man robots before we had little Mega Man robots. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh, and their leader, Cutter, decides to free the prisoners themselves just in time for He-Man and Shira to show up and help the Manchines take out the Monstroids again. A very one-sided battle once everyone decides to work together. And finally, the children are free to be immediately kidnapped by Skeletor. And also an adorable little manchine puppy who is licking Alicia's face at the time. So that's Relay. Relay. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Relay. There we go. I don't know. Uh, But because everyone hates everyone, Hordak shoots down Skeletor's ship with the kids and they crash land. I don't even know where they are at this point. Are they in Etheria? I don't think they know where. I think at this point they're in Etheria. I think or they're so. in like a cartoon. It's a snowy region, yeah, so the kids are too cold to follow Skeletor's orders to march to Horde Prime on foot. 
And they plead surprisingly uh, kindly with their large skull-faced captor to ease their inconsolable cold. <laughs> so Skeletor, in what the special tries to pass off as a streak of kindness coming over him, but really he's just tired of hearing them complain and wants them to get moving, yep. summons some stylish winter coats that immediately oh, warm up very. the children. Uh, who thank him for being so nice, and we get five more minutes of, I am not nice! Blast it! Oh, I'm, I'm warm again! Thank you, Mr. Skeletor. You are very kind. Kind? Never use that word around me. Now get moving. Okay. This is, you know, what wrestling fans refer to as a face turn. <laughs> where a bad guy kind of turns nice, and, he, yes. you know, he becomes the fan favorite. Um... I got to tell you, as I, I think that this was the point in time where Skeletor kind of lost his edge. Oh, absolutely. and I'm not just saying in this cartoon, but I think that he kind of went from, you know, hey, it's a talking, scary skull. I mean, to, eh, you know, we've already got Hordak. He's a little bit more, you know, frightening. Uh, Skeletor, eh, we'll just put him in the bag. I, I don't think yeah. Skeletor really recovered from this. No, Skeletor no, in the, the cartoon never really had an edge. No. no. And like, I think that... Because of the voice, to me. Oh, really? I, like, I, I would, yeah, I would say that's fair. Okay. Like, if you look at him in the comics and in the toy line, especially uh, as Frank Langella, he's uh, scary, and he has that, like, oh, he's a skeleton, oh, yeah. kind of very emperor yeah. feel. But as soon as he opens his mouth in the cartoon... Yeah, it's hard to be... He's much more like the comical bad guy. Absolutely. You guys... <laughs> You guys want to know something even funnier is if you've ever seen a photo of um, Alan Oppenheimer, mm -hmm. he looks exactly like Skeletor. Oh, no, you're right. Like he, he does. And, and that's not because he's, you know, getting up there in age. But I remember the first time I saw a photo of him and I guess it was like from the 90s or something. And I was like, holy cow. Yeah, it's just a space <laughs> yeah. structure. I've seen this. Probably I've based seen on pictures him. of him before, but looking at it again now, I'm like, nope, I see that. Nope. Yep. That's called method acting, children. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, this segment is the star of the whole special. As Skeletor's heart slowly grows three sizes, carrying that robot puppy in his arms that won't stop licking his skull face because dogs like bones. Oh, stop that. Do you want me to hold him? Uh, no. Uh, no. No, we'll go faster if uh, if I carry him. But, uh, tell me more about this uh, this Christmas. Well... It's a wonderful time of the year. Everyone has lots of fun. You mean they get in fights? No, no, they have fun. Fights are fun. I like fights. And you give each other presents. And when you open them, they explode, right? No, they're nice gifts. Nice? Doesn't sound like much fun to me. <coughs> a snow beast. Quick, get behind me. So much for the snow beast. Oh, thank you, Mr. Skeletor. You saved us. You really are wonderful. Listen, I am not nice, I am not kind, and I am not wonderful. I just love him walking around holding that puppy saying, I am not nice. I am not nice, I am not kind, and I am not wonderful.
Tell me more about Christmas. Well, what? a wonderful time of well, the year. Everyone like, has lots of it, fun. Yeah, it, it's just, it, it, it's very, uh, I, I'll, I'll say this, you know, I'm just glad they didn't do this with Hordak because I, I feel couldn't. like Hordak would have just been destroyed from as a kid. No, no, you couldn't. But then again, did you see it happening with Skeletor as a kid? Would you have said, oh, okay, yeah, I can see him, you know, rescuing the kid. Now, albeit, he, him and Hordak always kind of had that, like, cat and mouse, I need to be the first one, you know, uh, to the end of, the, you know, to the finish line. But They're like the old couple uh, who's at it, game night and on opposite teams. Yes. Oh, gosh. They are like an old Mary. You know what they remind me of is the um, the um, who, who, the little uh, Jewish trolls in. Um, oh, what is it? Um, 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 Princess oh, Bride. Thank you. That's exactly. <laughs> me of. Oh, wow. All I can think. That's all I can think of. Miracle. That's all I can think of. <laughs> oh, wow. I love this where I was going with that. I couldn't think of like Jewish trolls, and then when you said the Princess Bride, it came. Yeah, it took me a while because I couldn't remember the darn name. So I'm I'm glad Brandon knew before someone sent me a hate email. He <laughs> <laughs> man, I love that bit that he just keeps ruining everything, and he just says like, "Oh, you mean that you know they." Sh- down everyone's chimney? No, of course not. That's not what's... It. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I shouldn't have I'll said that. I'll bleep this, it out. Just, okay, good. <laughs> I think I uh, said something worse than that on the Easter special. Oh, did you? <laughs> well, uh, well, oh, everybody Brandon. finally meets up at the same place, including Horde Prime, and we have Skeletor with the kids, and we have Hordak, who tries to take him for himself as the reward. And we have He-Man and She-Ra who have to deal with Hordax troopers. Uh, but but Skeletor gets that one last puppy lick and he finally has his Grinch moment. Where I don't know what's come over me, but I must save the children. You know, I, I, I was going to say, first off, they're all, you know, uh, if, if I'm He-Man and I see Skeletor holding a... Holding a uh, puppy, a weird robotic puppy at that. Yes. And he's, you know, got a bunch of kids with him. Uh, I mean, He-Man's a pretty, you know, smart guy. But wouldn't your first, uh, you know, reaction be shoot him in the shoot him in the leg, take him down or something? <laughs> I don't know. He really didn't want to hurt that dog. He really didn't. But I think He-Man knew that that dog, if a one clear shot to uh, Skeletor's bony kneecaps... That dog could have flown away. Yeah, he'd be fine. You're right. But again, He Man, He Man doesn't believe in violence unless it's necessary. So you know what? He's a smart guy. So maybe he was just willing to listen. He made the right choice. Everything worked out. Which of course makes Horde Prime use his very unconvincing angry voice. Very angry. He does. <laughs> Skeletor, you've made me very angry. Uh, well, just want to let you know you've you've, you've disappointed me. Just letting you know, <laughs> trying to give Don't him a Mike Brady talk. I'm very disappointed <laughs> in you. That's exactly what he was doing. <laughs> uh, and in the middle of that is when He Man and Shira just lift up Horde Prime's ship and toss it into the farthest reaches of space as he screams, "Blast! Blast! Blast!" <laughs> That's what I'll use to bleep it out. I'll use blast. <laughs> There you go. Oh, perfect. 
yeah. It, it it turns into the um. What what's the um? Is it the fan? Zone from uh, Superman. Oh yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tosses him into the sun. <laughs> that would have been the smart idea. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens in our next time. exciting episode. No, we won't. The kids give Skeletor a big old hug for saving them, and he's more defeated than even Skeletor has ever seen being. Oh, poor guy. Uh, and I think you're right. He never recovers from that. But no, nope. Eros here. Because she's the better hero to make him feel better by telling him Christmas only comes once a year. Yup. See? And we're back at the palace for the Christmas party featuring Adam as a very rotund Santa Claus with not at all a basketball under his shirt to make him fat. Who gives the kids flying belts as Christmas gifts. Uh, They also got to keep Skeletor's magical winter coats. So I think they both made out pretty great despite almost missing Christmas. Mm-hmm. Which I would I would agree with that. Absolutely. I you know, the one thing here is um Skeletor didn't ask for the coats back. You're right. He just he did wanted not to not expect nope. those back. No, those were his shut up coats. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and they don't miss Christmas because Man at Arms has gotten the transport beam in working order just in time for Christmas Eve. They get sent back to Earth, where they are no longer lost and manage to quickly get home to their parents, who are worried sick. They show off their new flying belts and go to bed. Mm-hmm. And we end with Adora yanking off Adam Santa Claus beard, and a Merry Christmas is had by all. I think this was the first instance I saw of someone yanking off Santa Claus's beard. Really? I think so, but... I don't remember it phasing me. I just remember, oh, that's a thing people do. That's bad. You're bad, Shira. <laughs> Adora. Can I say this? We kind of we we you know we we got to touch on something that uh, I filmation was a very musical uh, heavy <laughs> musical it heavy uh, company, and um, we we left out the goofy little song that they sing with Bo and Orko. We touched on it a bit with them dancing, but we no, did. go ahead. No, it was just one of the worst Christmas songs I've ever heard in my entire life. And in fact, I say that even though it's on my iPod. (laughs) Of course it is. (laughs) Yeah, I had it on my iPod. It's probably still a good song, but I can't say it's the worst. I yeah no I've heard a lot worse songs, <laughs> um, but He Man there were a couple songs in the entire He Man um, series that, that people kind of overlook right. for very very good reason and this is an example of filmation really wanting to create a holiday classic by creating this little song. And uh, I don't think that, you know, any like anyone outside like our <laughs> geeky kind of uh, circles are. Um, no, I, I don't think they're going to be putting it on their Christmas playlist. No, uh, it just this year. It, it never stuck the landing, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, 
very few Christmas songs. There's been lots of Christmas songs that crossed over into Christmas specials, but there's very yes. few I can think of that crossed from specials to being like mainstream Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, you're absolutely right. And yeah, you've got the ones from the Grinch and the ones from the Rudolph special. The Muppets. Funny enough, the, the uh, Garfield one never really are the Garfield yeah, ones. Some of the Muppet stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Garfield uh, had a couple of good ones. Yeah, but they never really reached over. And like, if you were to start singing them, people wouldn't be like, oh man, Garfield, 85. They don't get played in malls. Right. No. And like, trust me, I've worked in silver malls, and gold right? from Rudolph played in malls. <laughs> it's true. You will. Over. And over and over <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for two months. <laughs> so are we just kind of wrapping up and doing miscellany now? Like, did we make it to the end? I kind of lost it. Yeah. Well, first, like every true 80s cartoon, we have to touch on a moral at the end of the show. So that's how Christmas first came to Eternia. Not everyone celebrates Christmas, but the spirit of the Christmas season is within us all. It's a season of love and joy and caring. And presents. <laughs> presents are nice, Orko, but Christmas means much more than that. I know, Adam. Christmas is a time of peace and caring and happiness. That's right, Orko. And what would make you happiest this Christmas? Presents. Oh, Orko. <laughs> you know what? He has not celebrated. He hasn't even celebrated a Christmas yet. And already he's going around saying, oh, I love presents. You know what? You don't get that. You have only gotten, you haven't even gotten one Christmas. It's your okay? fault it, you even know hey, about Christmas. I'm surprised yes. he's not saying it. You know what makes me happy? Opening Masters of the Universe action figures on Christmas <gasps> morning. Well, I'm <laughs> in hell. It is the 80s. And oh, gosh. And consumerism are at a peak. <laughs> Can I you 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 want to know something? I want to I have a list of all the characters. Do it. That uh, we need to discuss being in that final scene. Okay. Okay. So obviously, uh, King Randor, mm-hmm. King Marlena. Yes. We have uh, Snout Spout, who was the the, <laughs> the uh, elephant guy. giant muscular, the elephant guy who I've always been a fan of. Yes. He put the star on top of the tree. Yes, he did. Which is all. Gosh, a pivotal moment in any moment in Chris, or a pivotal moment in this, by the way. Um, Madame Raz is up in the little um, decorations, like goofing around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bo, Queen Angela, which is, is weird because her her figure and her cartoon counterpart were two totally different things. We also have Cyclone. He's exchanging a gift with a uh, Glimmer, and I'm assuming he thinks something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there. Zodak. Um, oh, I'm forgetting the damn bee's name. Oh, Buzz Off. Buzz Off. Cowl. Yes, I hate Buzz Off so bad. That's why. Uh, Cowl and um, Battle. Or, I'm not, sorry. He's not Battle Cat. He's Cringer. Yes. Um. There. Yes. Uh, we have Manny Faces. He's at a table with Stratos and cast a spell. I believe I, I can never remember her name. Looky who you were always supposed to find in the <laughs> series is just hanging out. Um, you found him. Good work. Mermista. She is there. Uh, Ram man. Tila. Um, Frosta. Moss man. Fisto. Um, Yakko, who is uh, one of Orko's cousins. Um, Driel and uh, the old Orko. I can never remember his damn name. <sighs> Uh, Seahawk, and who was a one-time character in a She-Ra episode, and 
then we come to the kids. So they, they really pack these characters in. And the reason I brought that, you know, wanted to touch on that is just because it is such a crammed scene that as a kid, I don't think you would have picked up at first. You would have kind of had to gone back and watched a few times. They, they were like Easter eggs, you know, Hmm. I would have kind of had to go back and like scan the entire scene. I'm glad you did count along as you said those out. And like, I, might have got distracted with it. I think it kind of 23 or 24 that you named. Did you really? But oh, wow. Right. That's a big Mister. Yes. So didn't we have a conversation earlier about how she couldn't leave the water? I, and I was wrong. I was but wrong did, because I didn't apparently. remember. She did. Apparently. She was willing to celebrate Christmas, but not the birthday. <laughs> <laughs> no. <gasps> she was like, I've got plans. I got it. Just I don't know. You didn't say it was a Christmas party. I'll be then there. She heard about Christmas. She was like, oh, my plans fell through. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Adora. I, I, I got nothing for you this year. She's like, whoa, whoa, whoa Christmas? Christmas? I'll be there with scales Christmas, on. so I might get presents? <laughs> hey, okay. All right. She got a brand new like couch. It's, again, she's doing that weird pose on the couch, which I don't know. Maybe she's trying to get uh, Adam's attention or something. Could be. Who uh, well, this special is actually officially available in full on YouTube on the channel He-Man Official. Uh, it's a Christmas gift of the world for ages to come, much like this podcast. I'm not hey. sure if now, or but especially by the time this airs, but over the last several Christmas, it's been streaming either on Netflix or Prime as well. Oh, yes. okay. Yes. Well, if people want to crash land their Sky Spy on your home planet, where can they find you on the internet, Brandon? Um, I'm mostly over on Twitter at BrandMed, B-R-A-N-D-M-E-D. Um, on Instagram and Tumblr, you can find me as Blessed Are the Geek. But mostly, I'm on Twitter. Um, so. And sends great Christmas cards, by the way. Do you? Yeah, I have to get you on my list. Well, all right. Yeah. He, he sent me a uh, lovely Christmas card, and I believe a Halloween card last year. Oh, uh, I don't remember I if I did Halloween cards or not. I know I got some, but I don't remember. I think you sent me something else them. last year. I sent you, I think you won my contest for it button. That you did. Ooh, yes, you did. So, so that's that what I'm around then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. And Chad, where are you? Horrormoviebarbecue.com. You can uh, see all the insanity that goes through my mind and pop culture. Um, Twitter. Again, Horror Movie Barbecue. Same with Instagram. Uh, Facebook.com slash Horror Movie Barbecue. Come by. Uh, see how crazy uh, I am and uh, enjoy my photos of my pet monster wearing uh, birthday hats or something. And we Which do. are amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> rabbits and my pet monster. That's yes, rabbits and my pet monster. <laughs> Pretty much. It's a good time. Oh, and it's going to be. It, it it's this is going to be Christmas uh, by the time this airs, right? Correct. So, or the time this December. gets uploaded. Oh gosh, yeah, you guys. Oh, you guys are really going to get it bad in December too. <laughs> yes. And you can find us on Twitter at Advent Cal House, and every episode on AdventCalendar.house. All the links to subscribe or whatever you use to listen to podcasts are there. You know how to use the internet. I believe in you. Merry Christmas. Everybody!
The Advent Calendar House is part of the Christmas Podcast Network. To find more shows like this one, visit ChristmasPodcastNetwork.com. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Jess. And we're, we're Hallmark, Hallmark and, and Jess. Jess. <laughs> I feel like we're at a car dealership commercial. <laughs> we swear we won't talk like this during the podcast. There's two things we love most in this world. Hallmark movies and Lacey Chabert. And we're breaking down all of your favorite Hallmark movies like... A Very Merry Mix-Up. Rocky Mountain Christmas. And the All of My Heart series. Tommy, please be my husband. So tune in every Wednesday. Today! Next time on the Advent Calendar House... Now on video, be a part of a very special holiday event. Walt Disney presents Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, an all-new full-length movie premiering only on video. 